Hello and welcome to Rebels Rebels. It's time for another deep dive into the Jedi archives. So let's sift through the sacred text, burn the tree, and stretch out with our feelings. Hey Peter, how's it going? Hey Mike, it's it, it's going. <laughs> it's going? Why just going? Uh, let's just say I was at a very fun wedding last night and maybe I stayed up too late. I'll say mm. that. <laughs> okay. I'm here with my coffee and That's... waiting on bated breath for this deep dive. Wow. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Super jealous. <laughs> wow. I wish I was invited to that. That sounds fun. <laughs> um, I have a character portrait. I was wondering if I could paint for you. Um, yes. Yeah, so well, I don't care what you say, actually. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Fine. Do what you want. Okay. I want to talk about writer Azadi. We're coming off um, this last episode where he makes his first appearance. But I thought I'd kind of dive a little deeper into who this guy actually is. Sounds good. All right. Well, writer Azadi is the former governor of Lothal. Uh, He was in office during the early years of the Empire's reign over the Outer Rim. And he supported the Bridgers during kind of their revolutionary broadcasts. That's that's an overview of him. Mm -hmm. That's what he seems like on the outside. That's about what we learn about him in this episode. Yep. But let's go a little deeper. (laughs) Before his rebellious support of the Ghost crew and the Bridgers, Azadi was involved in some seemingly shady dealings. Mm. During his tenure as governor of Lothal, Azadi discovered that a vein of Dunium which is a metal primarily used for starship construction, had been uncovered in the Price Mine. That's Price, a mine owned by the family of the later Governor Price herself. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Also, Dunium, that's definitely like a Dune reference, right? I don't know, because I don't know if I'm saying right. D-O-O-N, which is spelled differently. Okay. I-U-M. But I want to say Dunium, right? Yeah, probably. Don't, like, it's not like donium. Tunium? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's It's got to be. Okay. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> so, hoping to gain control of the dunium vein before Senator Ranking and the Empire could get their hands on it, Azadi sent his representative to buy a controlling interest from the owner, Arinda Price, but mm-hmm. the Prices were not interested in ceding full control. Of the mine. All right. Seems fine. The price is wrong, bitch. Like Happy Gilmore? Right? In response, (laughs) Azadi then falsified embezzlement charges that led to the arrest of Elaine Price. Uh Uh-huh. So this is where it gets shady. Then Price went to Ranking's office, the then senator, to appeal for her mother's release. He confirmed that Elaine would be held by Azadi until proven innocent and he could not be convinced otherwise. So Azadi is, mm, I don't know, it doesn't look good. But Azadi's Mm. attempted takeover failed when Price turned the mine over to the Empire and ranking in exchange for her mother's release and a job on Coruscant. All right. This all takes place in Thrawn and people have usually painted... This is kind of a, a a black mark on Azadi's record, but mm-hmm. 
you can read this two ways. This is just my opinion, but here it is. A lot of this information comes from the novel Thrawn and seems to paint and must perceive Azadi as pursuing his self own self-interest and profit. But you could also look at this as a ploy to take over price mining, an empirically sympathetic organization, as a plot to bleed the empire of resources critical to the development of their own Starfleet. Mm. I don't know if he was thinking that far ahead, but Azadi's motives are unclear, and it's entirely possible that the Bridgers were that one pivotal, pivotal turning point in his political and personal arc, but... I think perhaps Azadi was already doing his part to cripple the Empire just with a more harsh or Saw Guerrera-like tactic. Interesting. I think it's possible um, because we're not, we don't, we don't have his perspective in these novels. We're seeing this all from the outside, so we have to keep that in mind. Um, regardless, Azadi seems like he seems like the perfect future governor of Lothal, because as we'll see, mm-hmm. as we saw in this episode. He's been through a lot of hardships, and these hardships have made him wary to re-enter the rebellion and also wary of control and power over others. This is a classic trait that's often ascribed to those best suited for rule in both literature and film. Those people who are the, um, you know, the apprehensive or... Um, you know, not wanting control. Those are often the best pe- people mm-hmm. suited for it. Um, so, and we see that in a lot of different places. But before that happens, this is the last we know of Azadi. So him and the Price Mine, that's the last we know of him up until 18 BBY. Shortly after the Imperials arrive on Lothal, and when Azadi is instructed to stop the Bridger's transmissions within a month... But because he refused to do so, and we don't know why, maybe he met them and was turned, or maybe he was a part of this rebellion the whole time, he was imprisoned alongside the Bridgers. He was given the label Prisoner X-10 while he was imprisoned, and Azadi, was a go- his governorship was he was forced into retirement, <laughs> and imprisoned coincide, his imprisoned coincide with Arinda Price's winning of Grand Moff Wilhuff Tarkin's favor mm-hmm. by disclosing the Higher Skies Advocacy Group's illegal espionage activities against the Empire and Moff Gotti's attempt to use the intelligence to gain the advantage over Tarkin. Mm-hmm. So as a reward, Price was made the new governor of Lothal. She oversaw the expansion of the imperial industry, mining, and military bases on on Lothal, which under her rule became a major central center of imperial power in that region. And Azadi's office was basically completely gutted of all his former associates and um, political staff. So one of his former ministers, Meka Tua, continued serving Governor Price as Lothal's minister in charge of industrial production. Huh. I want to make a note of that because Tua worked for Price, uh, for Azadi and was kept on to work for Price um, in, and she was put in charge of industrial production, which makes sense to me because Tua has that kind of a similar 
arc of being sympathetic towards the rebellion in the end. And as I said in a deep dive on Maketh to uh, last season, this is why uh, this season this is why I believe her defection is real too. Hmm. That's yeah. cool. I really yeah. like that because I didn't know there was a lot. I don't know a lot under the surface for writer Azadi. This is yeah. why we do it. Yeah, this is this is. Um, there was no information uh, on where his hat came from, though. No. no. The perhaps the archives the, are incomplete. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps he went into the handmaiden's tale universe and stole one. <laughs> um, also, it's nice to note that Ryder has some a particular um set of skills in ventriloquism <laughs> what well we'll see him use these okay <laughs> not like he i'm just guessing maybe he practiced these as a kid okay fair he's weird um he first appears in the legacy this episode we just went through mm-hmm. um he's voiced by actor clancy brown who you may know as the head prison guard in shawshank redemption yeah uh, he voices. Uh, he has a. He voices old bounty hunters in the Bounty Hunter video games. He was Savage Opress, Opress in the Clone Wars. Mister Krabs from SpongeBob, oh. and the voice of Lex Luthor in many Batman uh, series. That's great. So that is Azadi and a little portrait of him. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. That was very lovely. <laughs> Hey, Mike, are you ready to crack open a philosophy book? Because we're about to get deep. Okay. (laughs) This is my deep dive on the Bridgers and other early rebels. Uh So Ephraim Bridger and his wife Mira lived on the planet Lothal with their son Ezra. Ezra's parents spoke out against the rule of the Galactic Empire by broadcasting revolutionary messages. Which I think this is kind of a good touch because, you know, we hear so about so many rebels who fought with weapons and they fought with words. Mm, poets. Yep. Um, Poet on, warriors. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what some would say we were. Hmm. Some They'd would. be wrong, but yeah. <laughs> Their underground broadcasts drew the support of Governor Ryder Azadi and drew the ire of the empire. So eventually both the Bridger parents and writer Azadi would be arrested for treason. Eventually though, the Bridgers inspired by their son's own message of revolt against the empire will stage a prison break and free numerous rebel sympathizers. Unfortunately though, the Bridgers did not make it out of the prison alive. So there isn't a ton of information about the Bridgers, but there is a little bit in, um, a book, a really young reader's book called Adventures in Wild Space. Oh, yeah. Um, I haven't read it. So, but w- from what I understand, some of the details might be wrong. Um, the main characters were siblings Milo and Lena Groff, um, who they had lost their parents. So they're searching Wild Space, they're searching the Outer Rim for their parents. 
and it's a series. And in the series, a couple of the books, they end up hearing the Bridgers broadcast on Lothal and they decide to investigate. So they visit Lothal and while on the planet, the siblings get caught up in a spot of trouble with the twin horn syndicate, which we spoke about before. We will know that to become Visago's broken horn syndicate and a bounty hunter called shade. Um, so they're running from this bounty hunter and Ephraim and Mira run into the youngsters and attempt to rescue them from the bounty hunter and get them off Lothal. But unfortunately their plan fails and the siblings were captured. Being the principled people they are, they are though, the Bridgers were not ready to admit defeat. So they contact governor Ryder Azadi for assistance and were able to basically break them out of the clutches of this bounty hunter and free them from the cartel trouble. And they were able to rescue the young children and get them off of Lothal. But as a direct result of their actions, they were arrested by stormtroopers and discovered to be the same rebels that were secretly broadcasting messages against the empire. So that is actually how they get captured by okay. the empire. Okay. As they were being taken away, they tell their friend Sibo, a Rodian who was their close friend, to look after Ezra, which he promises to do, but is too afraid to do so and fails, which leaves Ezra to live on his own for several years, which is messed up. I don't think mm. we talked about how messed up that is, but basically, yeah, that's kind of he's sad, just actually. like, eh, whatever. Screw this. What, at this point, he's probably 12 years old. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can just live on the streets, whatever. Mm. Questionable. So, yeah. So reading about the Bridgers led me to think about some of the earliest rebels against the empire. Um, and I was also inspired by this cool deleted scene from revenge of the Sith called seeds of rebellion, where Padme, Bail Organa, Mon Mothma and senators, Bena Brimu, Gideon Danu and <laughs> Fang Zar quietly discuss a plan to oppose the newly implemented emperor. Um, so this is kind of a cool, they're having a secret meeting and they're like, they're like, what are we going to do? This is outrageous. And it's like, someone's like, I don't want to sound like a separatist, but Oh, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Um, huh. it's, it's the early, early seeds of the rebellion. So this meeting will become, become to known as the Cantham house meetings. And their mm. first act was to create the delegation of 2000, which was a formal protest by 2000 senators at the amendments put into place by of the galactic constitution by Palpatine. Wow. wow. But a day after the death of Padme Amidala and the slaughter of the Jedi, 63 senators were arrested for treason and many of them were part of the delegation of 2000. So wow. after this, Mon Mothma and Bail Organa continued the Cantham House meetings in private, eventually inviting Bail's daughter Leia. So the seeds Seeds of Rebellion yep. uh, blossomed into a framework of a full rebellion um, as several insurgent groups on their own and independently formed to fight back against the Empire in their own homeworlds. But it took the secret work of the Cantham Committee to bring these cells together and eventually topple the Empire. Um, one last note, the first recorded rebel attack against the Empire was carried out by Birch Teller, who was huh. a captain in okay. the 
You must have a hipster parents because that's really <laughs> hip to name your kids after flowers and trees now. Yeah. Like, oh, this is my daughter, Poppy. So uh, Birch Teller was a captain in the Republic intelligence in the Clone Wars. And there was a violent Imperial crackdown ordered by Wilhuff Tarkin on his homeworld of Antar IV. Of course. So Teller and several Antar IV survivors. Actually, I didn't even think of it. Would they be like Antar IVians or just Antarians? I don't know, man. Huh. <laughs> Maybe that's a deep dive for another day. So several Antarforians and Birch Teller um, survived the attack and they formed a rebel cell, which famously store- stole Tarkin's personal ship, the Carrion Spike, and used that ship to launch hit and run attacks against Imperial targets. The campaign, the campaign did not last long, but they broadcast their attacks on the hollow net, which eventually the rebel Alliance saw teller as an example of how counter propaganda would be useful for an underfunded military insurgency to win over the people's hearts. So they took his example to launch their own widespread information campaign to the galaxy. So he was the first and very influential for his time. So that's a little bit about the bridgers and a couple early insurgents. Wow. Well, that's pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah. I there are other know. ones, Saw Guerrera, Champs and Dula, yeah. um, but we'll, we'll learn, we'll learn more about them. Um, we already learned about Fulcrum was pretty early in the rebellion as well. So yeah. Oh, there, cool. There are more. Cool. Well, thanks Peter. That was, uh, that was, uh, some nuggets of truth. Yeah. Some nuggets of something. Mm, so, <laughs> um, would you like to do an iTunes review? Sure. Cool. Let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. Let's chat about it. This review is entitled The Annotated Star Wars Rebels by Blee Internet. We've chatted with online. Cool guy. Mm. Cubs fan. I think you'll like that, Mike. I like that. He says... I've been a Star Wars fan my whole life, but didn't get into Rebels until the latter days of Season 4 when I binged the whole series leading up to the finale. It's probably my favorite Star War right now. Getting to relive the series with these deep dives helps connect it to the wider universe and brings up a lot of things I missed the first couple of times I watched. Everything in Star Wars is done intentionally, and Rebels Rebels is a great way to uncover these Easter eggs while gaining more of a complete view of Star Wars. My scale, so he included his scale, which I love. More people should do that. Blee's scale runs from Anakin using the Force to cut fruit (laughs) on the low end. Attack of the Clones, which you actually like, Mike, right? Yeah, because it's so stupid, it goes all the way around. Yeah. Um, to Rebels Season 2 finale as his very best of Star Wars right now. Wow. Ooh, so stay tuned. Okay, we won't give that away, but yeah. I mean, you probably know what it is, but that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can't wait for that recap. Keep up the great work, guys. Wow. Thank you. Do you know, that's amazing. I agree with him, too, that well, not agree, but mm-hmm. I think the best way to watch Rebels is to binge it because it's so much better 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a lot better when you watch them all together. Yeah, I feel um, like we had this discussion earlier, but I think there's a lot of things that when we had to wait week to week to week um, without context, too, because now we have retrospect. We can go back and look at how it fits into the whole universe, but when you have to wait week to week, you know, these little one-off episodes would be really annoying and frustrating to me. Yeah. But now when it's like, all right, we'll just watch the next one. It's totally... Yeah doesn't bug me at all and it just makes it easier to put the puzzle together totally um yeah do you know what i won't say it but i've and it's gonna go it's not gonna be part of my scale because i don't want to i don't want to talk about it too much but my all-time favorite star wars moment similarly i think comes from rebels wow i have an all-time favorite moment which i'm not going to talk about here i'll talk about when i get to it yeah cool space whales yeah there it is Nice. Well, thank you so much. Um, Mike, you want to tell the people where they can find us? Nope. All right, cool. Google it, jerks. <laughs> at Rebels, Rebels Pod. At, that's at Instagram, Twitter. Mm-hmm. We have a Gmail. Mail, e- email us. Email um, us. Stay tuned for those pins. Yep. Really excited. We'll have an official announcement soon of what the pins are. But yeah. yeah. Um, they're gonna be cool cool well thank you and remember until next time be brave out there and don't look back don't look back peace yeah I wouldn't want to be yeah. Uh... <laughs>